Money Show. Small business. Pablo Fatidis from Auric Business Incubator with a saucy topic this evening. It's a saucy topic. How is your life partner, your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, how do they play a role in the business that you are building? You're not working together, but they have got a business or you've got a business. How does your life partner or your current partner contribute to that? Um, I'd love to hear your tales this evening as to how you do it on 021446, how you help each, support each other in the business. Um, 021446057011883 But before we do that, Pablo, um, I got a great question in my email inbox today from Solomon Modlane. He says, after two years of research, my partner and I have finally come up with a great business idea that South Africa has been waiting for. It's an idea that changed the lives of every learner, educator, parent, and it will also help government and the need to improve the school pass rate. But we fear the idea will be stolen if we don't have the finance to patent it. We're willing to find a partner who's an interested investor to make it a reality. It's that great entrepreneurial conundrum as to who you trust. You need to tell people your story. You need to show them what you've got in order to pique their interest. But if somebody you go to somebody in the sector that you're serving, this may be the catalyst for their great idea. Or they might just steal it from you. So what does somebody like Solomon do? Don't do it. Literally, don't do it. Because, Bruce, here's the thing. Ideas are plentiful. In the second instance, that idea, I can assure you there are people out there who have also thought of that idea to some degree or another. And the only time you can really ever defend your idea is if you build your, call it a value stack. So just imagine you've got this carton or this pallet, and on the pallet at the moment sits a very thin box called an idea. The next thing you need to put on top is another box that's called perhaps funding or another box that's called connections or relationships or another box that's called a pilot customer, a pilot site, or someone that's called someone who has, let's say, developmental skills that you might not have. If you come into a party with simply the idea, but simply the idea, the probability of you negotiating anything more than a couple of percent for yourself is very, very low, if at all. Yeah. So I always have argued that when you have an idea, it's it's simply just the idea. You need to focus more on the commercializing stack of value that you can load and lock behind you before you speak to a potential partner. So you've got to do it slowly then. I mean, you might not have the money today and it may, be, it may require a million rand. Mm. Well, then spend five years raising the million rand through a day job or whatever the case might be and build it. To a point where it's yours and it'd be very hard for anybody else to replicate. Yeah, well, look, there's, there's one small, there's a further conundrum with that. You're not going to raise five million rand on an idea. So maybe the best way to approach it is if you have an idea that's going to create a service or a product and you know who the customer is, find a way to start providing services to the customer, but not the delivery of the idea. Because then, Bruce, at least if you have three or four customers who are unaware of the idea, and when you do then introduce the idea, you go to a potential partner and say, I've got three customers plus an idea that I've developed trusted relationships with because I've been consulting to them on something completely separate. You have a value stack Lekker. that helps you negotiate right. a stake of the pie. Solomon, good luck with it. I really hope that helps. But yeah, be careful. Look after your idea. It's precious um, to you. And it may be valuable to somebody else who's got some money. Uh, Pablo, let's talk about partners. Let's talk about the importance of the life partner in the relationship with the entrepreneur. Yeah, so 
literally the sleeping partner or the silent partner, as it's typically called in business. Okay. But the sleeping partner and silent partner in business is normally a funder. So in this instance, it's it's different. It's a person that you, um, let's call it your emotional partner okay. in life. So it's a life partner or a spouse. It could be a boyfriend. It could be a girlfriend. It could be any one of those things. And Bruce, the role that they play is pretty significant. And it varies depending on what kind of entrepreneur you are. So let's break it up. In, in general terms, let's break it up into two types of entrepreneurs. You've got necessity entrepreneurs, individuals who've been put into a situation where they've had to start a business, they've got to do whatever they're doing because either they can't get work or they've been retrenched or they've lost a job or whatever the case might be. And then you have opportunity-driven entrepreneurs, people who, in spite of themselves, in spite of circumstance, have no choice other than to do what it is that they do because they're driven by the opportunity, the cause, the vision, the idea of what the business is going to do for the world. They're two very different types of emotional positions that you find in each entrepreneur. And your reaction and response as that life partner, in whatever shape or form it takes, is going to be very different with each entrepreneur type. When you get on to what life partners and the role of the life partner, but just give me some examples. Are there, are there public examples, famous examples of... People who play that role and play that role effectively in, in both of those categories. Yeah, I would argue there are. You know, remember the book review we did, The Innovators by Walter yes. Isaacson? Well, he spoke about the very, very early stage of where he spoke about the digital revolution. And one of the chapters was on software. And that was interesting because software, the main focus of his, of his chapter on software was about Bill Gates. And he, of course, married Melinda, whatever her he name was. He married Melinda, yeah. whoever it is. Bill Gates, as a youngster, was an awful character. He was super bright, obnoxious as all <laughs> hell, arrogant, rude, aggressive, squeaky, annoying, belligerent, you name it. Typical innovator in many ways. And Walter Isaacson goes on to say, quoting two or three people that knew Bill Gates, it's only with the good grace of time that Bill, Bill Gates eventually matured into a person who you could have a decent conversation with. And part of that. And a large part of it seems to have been the fact that he married an individual that softened their edges substantially and made him more palatable to the world and perhaps even himself. Who knows? I don't know. Okay, so Bill Gates, Bill and Melinda Gates, good relationship. They're good partnership. Melinda Gates, I'm not sure uh, whether she um, was involved at all in writing the software for, for Windows. I doubt it mm -hmm. uh, for Microsoft. So um, there's a good example. Um, another one, perhaps, um, is a man who I'm told is magnificent in a pair of Calvin Klein underpants. Um, and he's incredibly sweet. Is this your view? Or? No, I'm told. Uh, okay, I'm I'm told. Okay. <laughs> um, and he's incredibly sweet. And I have a friend who once had a restaurant in London to which the Beckhams would come. Uh, and, and they would hang out. And Dave didn't do much of the intellectual conversation stuff. But he's been remarkably successful as David Beckham. Now, behind him is the considerably more business savvy Victoria. Astute. Well, if we're going to look at famous couples, the same argument's been had towards Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. It's well known. It's been well publicized. Apparently, she is the business brain. She is the visionary. She is the innovator. She is the intellect behind that relationship. And I think he's found a very good place in space with her. Yeah. In fact, he's done 
probably better with her than without yeah. her. Okay, so it's about it's those kind of relationships we're talking about. It's the mm. role that you play in the relationship with the business person in your life. I'd love to hear your story. It's the role you play. Give us a call on 021-446-0567-011-883-0702. So, Pablo, tell me, what sort of things do a, does a partner to the entrepreneur need to do to provide the kind of support that the entrepreneur needs without actually getting involved in the business and helping do the job? Because that's a completely different dynamic, couples working together. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's more of a minefield. So let's go back to the pillow talk. There are a couple of things that would be very, very valuable over here. An entrepreneur has to be, especially an opportunity-driven entrepreneur, Bruce, an opportunity-driven entrepreneur is very similar to perhaps an artist. When you create an opportunity and you manifest that into a business and you go out to market to sell it, it's no different to being an artist in that you, you apply onto a canvas your creative expression of the world. And when people don't buy it, Bruce, it hurts. It's very hard not to take personally. Yeah. If you're a necessity-based entrepreneur, every time you're selling and the sale doesn't happen, it generates not pain but fear. Absolutely. Whatever so, we got to feed my kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there are two very different types of emotions over there. And often, for wrong reasons and not for the right reasons, it translates into self-doubt. So the one thing that your, let's call it, life partner has to be good at is assessing and measuring and testing the tempo of self-doubt that you experience at any point in time. And if you have sensitivity towards that, it puts you in a position where you can provide, let's say, a bolstering effort behind that self-doubt and say, fight tomorrow. Sleep now. Relax. Don't let it plague you. Fight tomorrow. And that kind of emotional support is crucial. Okay, that, that's, the, that's the reinforcement. But there's also, there is a time when the person in your life can sit down and they can be the only person in your life who can say to you, that is the worst idea I've ever heard. And they've got to be in a position to be able to have that conversation with you without it becoming personal. It's very hard. I, I wouldn't recommend that that comes from a life partner. I would recommend that that comes from someone who is completely emotionally detached on every single level from you, your family, your environment. They don't know you from anything. They don't know you from Adam. That is that is a very, very sophisticated relationship to no, hold it, a conversation like that. But surely the best partnerships of this of the scale, if you're going to build a real business, you can be messing around and your life partner is the one who knows you best, theoretically. They know your, your strengths and your weaknesses. They're the ones who can say, it may be a brilliant idea, but you're not the person to do it. You, you're not the touchy-feely, nice person that is required to be the face of the new soap or whatever the case might be. I don't I – don't ex- look, if it's something like that, okay, it's fine. But if it's going to get into an issue on the business itself and in the business itself, it's so easy for the one individual to say to the other, look, you're not there every day. You don't understand. You don't see it. It becomes a very, very difficult conversation to be had. And it has the risk of translating into, don't you believe in me? It can engender that self-doubt. And if it's not properly managed, it can put a huge amount of pressure on the conversations that ensue. But your life partner is also tied to you not only emotionally but financially. Yeah, absolutely. And if your life partner sees that you're going down a treacherous path of financial self-destruction, it's their job to pull you back, surely. Well, let me put it this way. It might be their job to pull, up, to pull you back, but it also might be their job to say, why don't you go and speak to Jack, John, or Jill? 
I spoke to you yesterday. They're going to tell you not to do it. <laughs> who, who perhaps might give you a completely different perspective. Yeah. There's a way to manage that discussion. Let me put it to you that way. Rather than engage with it directly, because it is very emotive mm. in a relationship oh, environment. Absolutely. I mean, there's a great quote from Yanni Mouton, and I'm, I forget the exact context of it, but Yanni Mouton, my wife told me there was something wrong with me. And Yanni Mouton needed, uh, at one stage in his life, when he was running SMK with his colleagues, mm. and he admits in his book, and to it, mecha fire, and then they fired me, um, that he was a tough nut. He was, he was a hard guy to work with. And his wife you know, said, well, perhaps it's not there. Maybe it's you. And, and, the, and, and he had to sit down and he went and had two years of introspection sitting in his house in Northcliffe, getting dressed up every morning and going to sit at his desk and trying to figure out what to do next. And he created a, you know, a, a hundred billion rand business over the subsequent 20 years. You know? um, the, the role of that life partner is absolutely crucial, but it does depend on the dynamic and the personal relationship Completely. as to how and what things, when things are said. And it also depends on where you are in the life cycle of the business's development. Yeah. You know, in the early stages, let's say in the startup stages, Bruce, there's no, there's no right and there's no wrong. In fact, there's very little right and wrong. It's about going out there and testing, 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 trying, changing, testing, trying, changing, etc. When you're more established or as you become more established, that's when the issues creep in. Because if you have suffered from exhaustion in the early stages of getting the business up to, let's say, 15 million rand a year or 20 million rand a year business, getting it from there to 50 million rand, getting it from 50 to 100, takes a completely different push of energy, sure. different behaviors, different actions, and that's when different skill sets are needed in the business. Completely. But also couples need to evolve during this process too because um, you, your your life partner may be incredible at the startup stage but at some point maybe they need to back out yeah very much um, so. and occasionally ask the leading question um, mm. but at some point skills diverge um, the 18 hour day and you haven't been home and suddenly you get home at midnight and you get a question that is just out of touch with your daily reality, for example. Those are important dynamics to manage as well. Yeah, well, let's put it from, let's take the 18-hour day and you haven't been home and you've been out of touch. That is almost a given. It's probably a given for the first, if it's an opportunity-driven entrepreneur, it's going to be given as a lifestyle for the rest of time. (laughs) For the rest of time. And in many ways, what that does to an entrepreneur is it builds up a tremendous amount of guilt. And how that guilt manifests and how you manage... Your, the relationship with your, your entrepreneur and their guilt around the fact that they miss the odd school play or they miss this or perhaps they arrive late at a family event again or they're on the phone or they can't, they're going to be home late again. It's not uncommon. And in many ways, how you manage that environment, especially let's say if, if it's a couple with some kids, how you manage the kids in that environment, how you manage that relationship in that environment starts playing an 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 ever-increasing role in the life of that particular entrepreneur. Because if that's what it takes, Bruce, if that's what it takes to establish the business, then that's what it takes. And more importantly, and this is a really good conversation to have one day, this thing about balance, when everyone says it's always about balance, I have never seen anyone achieve something remarkable on a balanced life. I've never seen it. The people who achieve way over above the average are obsessive people. They're there 24-7. It's all they eat, sleep, dream, and think about. Can you manage that? And how do you manage that? plays a massive role in the sustainability of that relationship. And you cannot do it alone. 
Um, and that's absolutely why important. that life partner is absolutely pivotal in the development and the evolution of that entrepreneur's business life cycle. There we go. Pablo Fatidis, Auric Business Incubator. Warm and fuzzy this Thursday night. <laughs>